Hello, you beautiful people. Hi. Uh, just a quick note from us before we get stuck into this next episode. A couple of points. The first thing is uh, a huge thanks from both of us to you for your ongoing support of the How To Die Happy podcast. Without you, there would be no podcast. So we're super grateful that you continue to tune in, listen, watch. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for contacting us. Thank you for your your loving and supportive words, especially since we're so inconsistent in making the podcast <laughs> at the moment. So we're sorry for that, aren't we? Very sorry. Very, very sorry. There are lots of reasons why we're not making podcasts all that frequently at the moment. The, the primary issue is it's about having the time to make these things versus the, uh, the return. As you know, this is a homespun podcast that we do for the love. Now, speaking of it being homespun... This particular episode has an issue with it, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, we would like to apologise because for this entire podcast, Martin and I are blurry because the camera was completely out of focus. Um, so we would like to apologise, but you know what we look like. You've seen our faces and this podcast is about somebody else. So, But we do want to apologise. Yeah, I would love to be able to explain why or how we're out of focus. I, I absolutely cannot. The, the, the reality is if we had a crew... Uh, doing all of this, uh, the technical work for us, of course, the production would be brilliant. But as you well know, this is a homespun uh, pod made with love. Just Jules, me, uh, box of equipment, <laughs> driving around the island uh, or indeed uh, speaking to people all over the world. And of course, some fantastic guests. So as Jules has said, it is all about the guests. And uh, this week's guest, Rosanna, looks stunning and, and she's in focus. She's in focus, and but we're not. We're not. So, sorry, we're not in focus. I'm sure uh, people will be, some people might be happy that my craggy old face is out of focus, but not my beautiful queen. So, uh, without further ado, I'm going to quit talking, and because uh, you're going to have to listen to us talking again now. So, we hope you enjoy this episode with Rosanna. Enjoy. Bye. Don't you want to die happy with a smile on your face? Wake up a laughing Cause you're free of all the things That would hold you From your ocean view Life's a landscape Why don't you baby your way Hi Rosanna and uh, for our audience today we, Martin and I are talking to Rosanna. Rosanna is an ultra athlete, an activist, an elemental dance facilitator, energy worker and of course a mum which <laughs> I don't know why that's on the end of this list because I would say that is the biggest job out of this whole list but um, that's just a little bit about Rosanna for you and um, so Rosanna welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, Finally. thanks for coming on the How Today Happy podcast. It's been we've been trying to do this for a while, haven't we? Yeah, I think like six months. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was that? I'm presuming that was my fault. I know. I think it was just a combination yeah, of um, the running, <laughs> uh, us being busy, rehab. Like you know, it's a lot. It's a lot to juggle. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. It's usually yeah. my fault. So I. <laughs> Blame on you, it's fine. <laughs> so I just—it's all your tra- fault. <laughs> I traditionally accept responsibility for things not uh, going according to plan, Aww, but then that's uh, <laughs> that's the world, isn't it? So we live in an impermanent world. So we do we have to roll with it. We have to flow with it, and we're going to talk about flow during this conversation, aren't we? So I'm going to kick right off 
by saying, when you were in your 20s, they told you you were never going to long distance run again. And then last year, that's 2022, for anyone listening to this in 2020. Six, for example. <laughs> you just did five marathons in five days in Ultra Kenya. No mean feat. I'd love to hear about that. Tell mm-hmm. us all tell us all about how you wound up doing five marathons in five days. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about it actually in reflection um, of my journey. And if I can go way back to my, when I was about seven, I would get up and go running in the snow or in the English cold weather and it was like that was what I was needing to do it was like a a feeling of a calling and then over the course of my years as a a child and as a teenager I became injured in in different races and um, with my sports ambitions and I think that that moment where I realized oh I probably can't run anymore actually or even do much sport the way I had hoped to um, hit me when I was in my late late teens um, so I just channeled my energy into other things and I tried different sports and then in my 20s I started to run a little bit again and I again had issues with my legs and then I went to see um, a surgeon and he said this is what we need to do we need to operate and I just said in my head no this is this is just not this doesn't feel right and so I obviously had an intuitive feeling at that time of there's something else um, that I need to address. So I, along the story short, I did a lot of journey work and healing work. And I pretty much fixed my legs, you could say, or healed my legs. And that's another story in itself. But I never forget the doctor saying, Rosanna, you will not do long distance running again. So it was a moment of, okay... Maybe that my dream isn't going to come true, and that's that's just the reality. And to channel my 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 calling elsewhere, and then twenty years has passed, and a lifetime of really big adventures and chapters and different countries, where sport was really just a big part of my life, but not in a competitive sense. And having kids, etc. And then about five six years ago, I found triathlon here in Bali. And immediately I did my first race and did, really, did well, um, I can humbly say. And it became like a light bulb moment of, oh, maybe I'm actually going to compete again. And maybe I'm actually going to run again. It's gonna... <laughs> um, but I didn't perhaps understand to the full extent. And now, obviously, a few years on, I've had a lot of triathlon experience and triathlon uh, races and qualified for the world champs in 2020 um, and then COVID hit and during that time something shifted in me where I realized one morning looking out to the sea that my passion to help people that is a deep calling and I I say that with real um, feeling it's such a strong calling in combination with endurance sports, endurance challenges, is this is this um, power that I feel I need to tap into, where I can be part of change through this calling to move, this calling to run, and that I didn't know was there. And I always had this feeling of slight frustration of, I want to do my endurance sports. I know that it's something deep inside me, but I want to help people. How do I combine it? But I hadn't put those two together like that. 
And it was that moment when I woke up and I looked out to see, I looked at Uluwatu, which is the southern point of Bali, and I said, I'm going to swim there. I had no idea how I was going to swim there, <laughs> but I'm going to swim there. And so that became the start of the ultra challenges. Mm. was with that swim and the realization of, if I swim there, I need to do it for a cause. It's not just about me swimming. It's not about a race. It's not about the, the winning. It's about the bigger, the bigger experience, which for me is what really, really, really makes me feel alive. Is when I know that my body is a vessel for change, and my mind and my spirit, it's all coming together to have an impact. And I say that with a slight choke because it's it's such a hard journey, but it's mm. such a true journey to myself. And um, that's kind of why one of my messages is being really true to yourself. Mm. Whether it's easy or hard, it's usually going to be hard. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's where our growth lies. <laughs> being authentic as it transpires is distinctly more difficult than fakery. And I realized that the, the years of, of injuries and, and should say suffering as a kid and frustration and all of that was an amazing foundation for me to compete in an ultra. That's why I mentioned my childhood mm. is I understand now why I experienced what I did experience and how I use that as wisdom and as power in the space of an ultra where you really have to go to your rawest, most vulnerable self, where the ego is pretty much ripped away from you mm. and you are operating out of a place of real vulnerability and real authenticity hmm. at least in my in my case and i say that um because it's it's it is a calling it is a mission that i'm on and i feel that when i'm in that space i'm in my purpose i'm so passionate about what i'm doing that it's almost like nothing can get in the way even a rhino in kenya <laughs> <laughs> And they get in the way. Pretty big. I ran past a rhino right here. Yeah. No, no, no joke. Yeah. All right, rhino. And the ranger goes, go on, keep going. Yeah. Okay. Do not stop. <laughs> rhino is like, go girl. You go girl. <laughs> I want to see, I didn't feel at all at any point at risk because I felt like I was in flow. Yeah. I yeah. felt like, no, the universe has got me on this one. Mm, I got gotcha. mm. you. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Could you, can you just get the mic a little bit closer to you? Sorry, Rosanna. Because okay. you've got all the, the, bl the blender and the Better. stuff behind you. It's... Uh, we have to be in the microphones with yes, all this. Sir. Yes, that's better. Sorry. Um, anyway, where were we? Thank you for sharing that with us. And it's um, it's so refreshing to see like in your eyes and in, in you, like how much this means to you. And you can really see that passion that you have. And I suppose, do you think it's often that when we're told that we can't do something, that's where that's where our, our passion, that's where our purpose comes from, isn't it? Kid in the candy shop. Yeah. You want that sweet. I'm gonna... <laughs> um, yes and no. Mm. I think that it's 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 a it's an intuitive feeling that I have tapped into mm. in this sense. And I've been very mindful of where is my intention and um, why am I doing this? Because the ego can come in and say, oh, you, you want to win and you want to do that. And I'm fiercely competitive. Oh, yeah, I want to win every race. <laughs> but that becomes my, my the, the drive, and which allows me to go into a flow state, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, because it's like nothing is going to get into the way, in the way of this. 
not at the cost of myself or my body or anybody else um, because I'm very clear on why, why am I doing this. And as a kid, I probably wasn't, I wasn't as clear. Hence, I became injured a lot, perhaps. Um, but as the years have gone on, <laughs> only 20, but as the years have gone on... <laughs> Just I, 20 like years. I say, oh, as I say, it's like a, I feel like now I can use that foundation. I do, I'm building my body up. I don't want to break it down, mm-hmm. but I feel that as I move into my true self, then the power is coming from inside. Mm. It's not coming from the outside. I don't need you to tell me you're great. I don't need it. Mm. As a kid, maybe I did, but now I feel like, no, it's about the bigger picture. I'm just the vessel to make, to create this change. And as I say, one of those messages for me is, is really about being true to who you are, whatever that might be. And yeah, mine seems to be at this point in time, being a mama, um, ultra athlete, shamanic dance facilitator, etc. We all have our, our paths. Um, but when we're in that space of, of trusting, I believe, when we're in that space of trusting um, your intuitive self, your higher self, it just happens. You know, you don't really just tip off. It just happens. You don't really... It's like um, you're in a flow state. So you're having to work hard. You're having to... I mean, the, the training, the, the commitment, the dedication, the juggling, the compromises, the sacrifices are huge. Um, but at the same time, the, the reward is so much greater because I know that I'm being true. Yeah, it's like a feeling of, I know, I know what you mean, because I'm, I guess, I've taken a, I, I've, I've followed my purpose now, and I, I shunned my old ways and, and, and moved into something new, and there are times when I find myself questioning, oh, is this going to work, is this going to work, but, it, but the lion's share of the time since I, since we started the podcast, since I wrote the book, uh, I feel in I feel in flow state. The, in, in Eastern philosophy, it's discussed it's discussed regularly. Yes. to be in flow, the, yeah. I, you are essentially tuned into what the Taoists would call the Tao. Um, the way mm. is one of the one of the ways to describe it. And and in that state, it's effortless, isn't it? Yeah. So you're also using something called the Wu Way, which is inaction, but but inaction with action, which is yeah. paradoxical but also beautiful. But it's but I find there's incredible stillness in that motion so for me it's the quickest way to move into my flow is a movement and it's not this classic thought of are you running away from something what are you running away from no no i'm running into the lion's den i'm running into something (laughs) emotions come the the connection to source is coming it's it's like uh okay bring it on i'm ready Mm. um and so for me it is my quickest way to a stillness in my mind, a presence. And I think that talking of how to die happy, for me, it's one of the, one of the pillars is finding presence. Mm. Really being able to find stillness, even if you're in motion, but presence. And again, I, <laughs> it goes up of, you know, we spend so much time thinking about the past and the stories. And I've been a real yeah, sucker for that one. Um, or fretting about the future, and or how am I going to get to the end of the race? How am I going to get there? But when you're in the state of an ultra, you're so present. Mm. And when it, 
in well, in my case in Kenya, I I had an injury day two. Yeah. So pain brings you into presence. If nothing else does, you are just there. Yeah. I mean, talk to us for a, a little while about that. So you're so this is day two, marathon number day two. two. You've got another. Before the marathon. <laughs> so is it, so they're not actually a marathon every day. Then it's more. Some days it's more. Right, okay. and it, and of course it's serious and it's um, altitude. Altitude stuff and as well. Elevation. Okay. They'd ask me what the numbers were. I just said, no, nah, it didn't matter. I'm going to get there, whatever. Well, I'd it, rather not know, actually. Let me just run. Yeah, I'm going to crawl if I have to. But either way, for context, hey, marathons are what, 23, 25 miles? 26 so 44 miles. kilometers. Right, okay, yeah. 44 kilometers. So roughly <laughs> 50 kilometers a day. Correct. Across crazy country. You're into day two, you've got a knee injury, and then you know you've got another three days to do it. Yeah. What? What does go through your mind in, in that kind of situation? And is it a case that everything is going through your mind and then you have to really center and do some work to become present again? So day two, day one actually, I felt something in my right side and in my toes. But day two, and, I, and then the end of day one, I, I was quiet and I, I sat down to myself and said, okay, this is probably not quite going to go according to your plan I had actually won the first day ah okay <laughs> I was like, okay I've got that got that in the bag four left <laughs> great and the ego coming in there <laughs> next um, and then day two it was halfway through and bearing in mind it's boiling hot you're at altitude you're at elevation you're carrying a pack so it's a self-sufficient race so I was carrying everything I needed for five days so my food my water my sleeping stuff not many clothes because you're generally quite feral for those times. <laughs> um, but everything I possibly need, my medical kit. So you've got everything on your back. That's a lot of water for five well. days. Yeah. Well, no, you don't carry the entire amount of water. You uh, carry just the three litres. have to carry three litres and then you get to refill every, okay. every station. They're scattered throughout the race. That's cheating. <laughs> God damn it. Three litres is actually a lot plus your bag. Um, but yes, yeah, so you've got big packs. So your whole body is a little bit discombobulated anyway. Um, and so you're running in a slightly weird gait. But nevertheless, like, you get used to it. And coming to the, the latter part of that day, so it was probably about, I'd probably run about four hours at this point, and I felt this extraordinary pain in my left knee. And it was like a knife. Someone was stabbing me at every... And I thought, oh gosh, this is, this is not good. You know? And at the same time, I could feel my toenails. So my toenails were starting to be pretty badly affected um, by the, the altitude. So my feet are swollen and my hands are swollen. So I look like a sort of chipmunk. <laughs> Pretty good look. <laughs> fit chipmunk. Chip with a rucksack. <laughs> <laughs> Running past a rhino. Everyone just take a moment to, uh, to, to visualize. <laughs> Who's on a mission? She's not even smiling. <laughs> a focused chipmunk. <laughs> and, and then a lot of swear words came up. Ah, I wouldn't say them. Anyway, um, and it was this moment of, oh gosh, I recognize this from, it was like a childhood trauma coming in. And I could hear the doctor's voice. You're never going to run again. You're never going to run again. I'm like, oh, yes, I am. Oh, yes, I am. But I took a moment of, okay, I'm in real pain. Is this pain a pain I need to stop for? Is it telling me, Rosanna, you know what? Actually, you're not kitted out for this, and it's okay. Or is it a pain that I'm meant to transcend? Straight away, goosebumps, transcend. Mm. Okay. <laughs> okay, whatever you say, okay, boys. all right. And I'm looking up to heavens going, okay. And I really wanted to cry at this point, but there was nothing nothing to there's no fluid left to cry 
So I um, got to the last aid station where I was going to get my fill up my water. So you know you're running and you're unrolling your lids of your bottles and you're just filling up. So you're not stopping. You just okay, come on, fill it up, fill it up, full David Goggins style. <laughs> I'm going to go. But at this point, I was like, they looked at me and said, do you need something? I'm like, drugs. And I never take anything. So this was like another part of me saying, you're just going to have to shift a plan here, Rostana. If you want to do this, you're going to have to have some drugs. And it's going to be for a few days, but you're going to be all right. And then you can detox after. So I said, yes, I need something. So they loaded me up. Um, and then I carried on. And I had another about 15 kilometers to go. And during that, those 15 kilometers, it was like this moment of everything being shed. Like I was swearing, I was crying, I was laughing, I was feral. <laughs> <laughs> and these rangers were like, who is us? <laughs> What's going on with this crazy lady? <laughs> and I'm talking to my body. So I start chatting because I name all my body parts. So I'm talking to Bob, which is my left leg, and Mary, the right leg. Bob and Mary. And, and, and um, Scallywags is my bum. Come on, Scallywags. That's a great one. So I'm going into Scallywags, and I'm thinking, come on, Scallywags, the glutes, you need to work because the knee's hurting because it's all the attachments. And then I realized, hang on, I've got to name the knee. Because if I'm going to get through this, I've got to become friends with my body. Like I really, a lot of it is about cooperation. And that's something that we're not taught either as we grow up. Don't communicate with your body. Just, just, just work it. For me, it's so a huge, such a huge part of working at your best is to communicate with your body. Mm. What's the body telling me? What's the message I need to hear that I'm not actually hearing? So I was chatting away with my knee and I said, okay, what are you called? Mike. No offense to any mics out there, but it's not, it's not a name I'm particularly keen on. That's my dad's name. <laughs> so, seriously. Yeah, no yeah. Mike's my dad, yeah. No. Mike's also my middle name. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah Michael. <laughs> well, Michael. I don't, I don't Mike. use it. Yeah, Mike. He, he, he likes Mike. You know? is, People call him Mike. Well, They've always called him Mike. Well, this became Mike, and I'm like, seriously? And so, like, sorry, Dad. I'm like, Mike, it's Mike. So, so the knee became Mike. So I started talking to Mike and saying, okay, Mike, we're now partners in crime. We put it, get through this together, but you're not going to run the show here. I'm in charge, but we're just going to have to work through this. So I, it's a moment of despair, of crying, shouting, laughing. I don't know what else I was doing. And then I just came, became very calm and I said, okay, Mike, it's you and I. I mean, you're alone out there. There is nothing out there. Yeah. You're alone. And it was, it was the point where I could see all these planes it was so profoundly beautiful. I didn't see another soul. Number two was way back. Rangers <laughs> 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 dotted around, but there was a blending in, so I pretended they weren't even there. And um, I became really in touch with Mike. And my little child came out of, of, okay, I'm listening. Let's go. And at that point, I'm not joking, I had this surge of, like, energy and power that came from such a deep place in myself. I'm like, okay, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. And I cried a little bit, <laughs> I cry again. <laughs> you can cry as much as you it like. Was, it was so profound and I think I became one with everything. Mm. It was like I was everything, I was earth, I was fire, I was air, I was water, it was all, it was all there. Um, and I could see the camp, which was really, nice because <laughs> it was a very long way away but I could see the tents I'm like, okay the tents are there the tents are there 
you can do it, you can do it. Come, Mike, come, Mike. <laughs> and the drugs were strange. They didn't take the pain away. They just took the tenderness away. So I could feel the pain the whole time, but I could work with, the, work with it. And I think that became another metaphor for my life. It's like, we're going to have pain. And I have had pain. But you just have to surrender that there is that pain and then accept it and then find the flow in it. And that's what I think I managed to do. Because then from, day, from that day on, I ran the fastest I'd ever run um, compared to the first two days. Smashed it. Along with somebody else, which is another part of the story. Yeah. Ask you the question around that. Well, I'm going to in a second, but I, I'd just like to point out that I just had an autosensory meridian response, mm-hmm. uh, which is ASMR for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about. When, when uh, you feel that tingling all the way up your, up your body and around your chakra, when you talked about connect, when you felt connected, that connection to oneness, I think that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And also Thanks that beautiful, sharing. beautiful reminder in there for everybody that that power is already in you. Yeah. And we forget that. We're so disempowered these days, but it's there, you know, and everyone has their own way of tapping into it. But to listen to you, how you tapped into it. Oh, yeah, I got some shivers. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I think it's, it's the connection part. Yeah. It's, it's like when we finally allow ourselves to accept what is in that moment and you're so irritated before and I was so frustrated but I let it all come out like the water like I see those emotions it was all coming out I mean I was feral Um, but then I became so at peace with the pain Mm. it was because I knew I had another three and a half days you know and I knew that I was not being arrogant, but I was going to win that, whatever it was going to take, because that was my way to stay focused and not to draw attention to the pain. Yeah. To stay focused on the mission, raise the money, which I've done for the charity. Be the best version of yourself. Be true to who you are right now. Be fluid with that, you know, like whatever is going to come up. And, and then just allow and I think that's what came out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was probably one of the most powerful moments of my life when I look back. I couldn't see at the time because it was so much trauma. <laughs> and my toenails were all coming off. I didn't know at that point. P.S. <laughs> Until I got back to camp and then my shoes were full of blood and oh. the toes were like that in size. I was just about to, to drop the phrase, pain is, inevit- su- pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. <laughs> Which would have been poetic at that time. Absolutely. But then, but then you told us that all your toenails fell off, so. And not at the point, they were dying at that point. Yeah, wowzers. <laughs> and swelling. Um, and that was funny because that became kind of like a side thing. Oh, my toenails are going off. And every night I had to address my feet. And um, the medics were great because they did help us a lot. But it was funny because I'd hobble around the camp and people were like, are you going to race tomorrow? I'm like, uh, Yes. Like, you obviously don't mean you don't mean at all. Obviously. <laughs> and you couldn't even get your foot in the shoe because your foot is swollen so much. I was going to say that, like, well. but was there a moment I think I'm just going to keep my shoes on? But no. Because you had to, you had to, yeah, do the bits you have to do with the with the toenails and wrap them up and bandage them up. But it, again, it it probably was a distra- distraction from the bigger injury that was mm-hmm. the knee um, that I knew I couldn't really do much about except mm. send it love and, yeah, and yeah. strength. You know. So let's get to the end of the race then. So on the, on the fifth day, you said you, were, you weren't alone. 
Yeah. <laughs> so tell us all about that. Was it, was this the last day, the last race? So day three. Day three, you had day, a you got a you got a buddy. Day three, the day two was kind of a shock factor, and then going through the shock, and you know you can't sleep you can't sleep during these things really. You don't really sleep when you've got no toenails and you know pain, and so you're kind of a bit you know jaded. But you're so fo- I was so focused. So up I get day three. And that was the longest day. So that was extremely long day with extremely high um, altitudes to to cover, and halfway through that day. I see this other runner sort of sinking alongside me. And I don't run with people. I just don't. I like to be alone. I'm a real solo trainer, so athlete. And this guy just came alongside me and he was injured too. So I could see he was struggling. And we didn't speak. We just partnered up, shall I say. And he had a stick. He had two sticks. And I, he lent me one of his sticks as we tried to get up one of these big steep hills. Mountains. <laughs> Steep pills. And I'm there grabbing my stick and he's there. And then it was extraordinary. We literally just held hands and we were dragging each other up these hills. And I remember holding his hand so tight. The only words I'd say was, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so English. <laughs> um, and then it, it was just a story of incredible human connection because just a very few words came out during that day of which it was me shouting pretty much get to the rock get to the tree get to the red flower um just instructions for myself to stay focused but he was loving these instructions evidently because he was just following alongside me um and it was like this guy's not going to leave me he's not going to leave me and i'm not going to leave him it was this of unspoken oath of commitment so say to each other um which was so incredible incredible um and then on as we hit day as we came to the last part of that day we had to climb the high the steepest part of of the road and he stopped at the aid station and said i'm just going to stretch and i apparently don't remember turned around and said where are you going (laughs) (laughs) that was it so this guy just jumps up and he's carrying on he just grabs my hand again and we are literally scaling this insane mountain and i'm seeing myself up here so I start lifting my muscle with my hand I don't know how I did it I was pulling my muscle away from my knee to minimize the pain to scale this this mountain whilst he's trying to do something else to get himself in a slightly more comfortable position and all we were doing was was sparring sentences back and forth the same sentence he'd say we've got this and I'd say, get to the top. <laughs> it just became this sparring. <laughs> um, Motivational. Uh, unbelievable. Pros. I mean, it would have been an incredible thing to film because it was such <clears throat> focus um, and rawness amongst this incredible raw land. Um, and then as we were coming down this hill on the other side, I remember thinking, oh God, we've got to get down the hill. Oh God. Oh God. Pain on the knee. The pressure mm. on the knee. But I just started visualizing. I was a tumbleweed. I was a bit, a bit of a weed. Just a weed. Just relax down the hill. Relax. And then he'll relax. And you'll both relax. And together you'll go faster because you're a team. It's like it's amazing. Your float. Yeah, amazing little dialogue going on um, from, this, from this moment. And we got back to camp that night and we didn't really say anything. We just sort of lay down, legs up, usual drill, eat some protein um, and sort of grovel back to your, your tent. Um, that night I actually cried because um, I was in a lot of pain and I'd had this incredible experience that I knew was divinely intended. I knew there was something in this. It wasn't just 
we're just going to run together. Mm. It wasn't about us running together. Um, day four starts and we look at each other and I can see he's thinking, yeah, we're going, we're going to do this. We've got this. And we set off and we have an amazing morning and it's all is going well. And we're helping each other with the drugs. We've got to just be on the, on the timer, you know, checking it. Have you had your drugs? Have you had your drugs? It was like a little married couple. Take your drugs, take your drugs. <laughs> we're not chatting about anything else. Um, and then halfway through this day, he looks at me and he, it's like he's shocked. He's Rosanna, I've got to sing a song. He had to sing a song. But it was like he was, he was like, I've got to sing a song. Like, what? I, I, I'm singing a song? So I guess he was channeling something because he's like, I've got to sing a song. And I said, okay, sing the song. So he starts singing super loudly this song, um, but I can't, I'm not going to even attempt to sing it. But it was basically the, uh, a song that's used in war, in war films when it's about your brother, he ain't heavy, um, you know, he's no burden to you kind of thing. And this was a song that he was singing, but he didn't even know the song. Well, it was crazy. So as he's singing, I'm thinking, this is, this is, this is, this is extraordinary, you know. This is extraordinary what he's singing. And he didn't even know what he was singing <laughs> until later on in a few weeks later. we Google. Yeah, Google. Uh, so you'd, you, had, you had each other's names by this time then, because you, you'd, you'd, not, you'd not mentioned right. the names. I think we had it. We might have. Yeah. I'm not even sure we knew each other's names at this point. So you, obviously he said Rosanna, or maybe he didn't. So you, you're into he, yeah, day three, known, day three, maybe even day four, and you're not, you're not even using each other's names. She's just going, we've got this. Yeah, Keep going. Literally, Higher, it was like harder, a war faster. scene. It was like a war scene in this beautiful place. Yeah. <laughs> no one was dying. But it was this feeling of, I'm not leaving him. He's not leaving me. Together, we've got this. And that mantra stays so loudly in my head. We've got this. And um, this insane feeling of, I don't know this person, but it's, this is incredible. Like, we, we're doing this. And the strength that we had together. And his, he said to me, it was something like the lines of, your quest to win became my quest to get you to the finish. Nice. So again, it was his distraction from his pain, I guess. Yeah. And distraction from my pain, because I was thinking about him and you know, how we're going to get there. And it wasn't even a, a thought of how we're getting there. We're just going to get there. And so we, we'd break up the journey. Like I said, I would shout, to the rock, to the tree, you know. Um, and it, ended it, it only turns out later on, um, about a couple of weeks later, that he actually said to me, Rosanna, I'm autistic. Ah. And I know you wouldn't mind me sharing this. <laughs> because I don't really connect with people. I struggle my whole life to connect with people and be around people. And I move away from it. And it, this is the first time in my life that I feel I can connect with someone who gets my language because I was shouting, get to the rock. <laughs> Clear instructions. No need for, uh, for any social pleasantries. <laughs> so in my Brilliant. sort of crudeness and rawness, it became yeah. a, a tool for him. Nice. Um, which I would have, have no, no idea. Um, and it shifted things fundamentally in him, mm. which I didn't know, of course, until later. And it shifted things fundamentally in me by this incredible human connection that we got through both being in pain 
Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, if, you, if, you, if you're not watching this and you're just listening to it, we've all got te teary eyes now. <laughs> well, as we got to day five then, uh, how was day, how, you got to day four with that so story, how was day five? And then day five, so day five um, was, was quite brutal because it was a very flat day um, in terms of the terrain and I found that really hard because it was like this expansive land and <gasps> am I going to get there? And that messes with your mind a lot more because you start seeing things, you know, you think, oh, am I, am I? oh no, it's not that because of the, the, the heat is rising from the land, you know, and it was endless to me, endless that day. But he was this pillar beside me just saying, you know, we've got this. Bang, yeah, sorry everybody. <laughs> Building site next door again. And we got to this one part of the terrain <laughs> where the, it was really no longer the terrain was flat, but the the scrub, the shrub, really scrub, or scrub, scrub, I think, yeah, was horrendous for my knee. So I literally was like, oh my god, I, I, I can't lift my lift my leg up over this. How am I going to lift my leg up over this terrain? And I was dragging it. And I was like, Give me, you've got this. You've got this. And I was like, yeah, I've got this. I've got this. And it was, I was chanting, I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. Come on, Mike. Come on, Mike. And it was just this chanting. And he was just going beside me, almost repeating it. It was so mind-blowingly powerful. And I kept looking back saying, where's number two? Where's number two? <laughs> that was his name. No, it's in the lady, the next number two oh, lady. Oh, okay, okay. Because I'm like, I'm winning this race. I'm not going through this otherwise. And was number two in sight, presumably, because it was a in flat moments, plane? In she was in sight because it was flat. Yeah. Which made it even more challenging because I would get the adrenaline of, oh, no, she's not taking me. <laughs> she was quite way back, but nevertheless. But again, it kept me focused on what am I doing? Where am I going? Why am I doing this? As opposed to, oh, I can't do this anymore. My knee hurt so much. My toes hurt so much didn't even come in the picture it was like Mike Sean come on guys let's do this who's Sean he's a guy ah okay right that's your actual buddy I wondered if Sean was another body part <laughs> <laughs> oh we missed a good one okay did so... Sean know about Mike at that point no because okay. we weren't discussing these yeah. things no. at all no okay, gotcha. so it was literally you know, it was me military style <laughs> I'm not very military style <laughs> brilliant um, but then yes yeah, so to me to the end so I'll try to get story that part but yeah so the last the last 5Ks, I said to Sean, well, actually everyone knew on the race that my kids were going to be at the end and my best friend had thrown them out from Bali to Kenya so they'd be at the end of the race. And my parents, who I hadn't seen for three years because of COVID, um, an incredible friend of mine who'd been following me the whole race, and my sister. So I knew the end was going to be a, a triumphant moment of just reconnection. <laughs> and it was such a, um, a pull for me as well. And I always tell myself, finish strong. Finish strong. Don't finish a mess. Finish strong. Because you're doing this also for your kids. They don't want to see mummy total wreck at the end. You know, come on. So I was really tuning into finding my, my, my stillness again and my calmness as I was coming to those last five Ks. And then I have a thing where at, at the end of every race, I always sprint. That's like my little, what do you call it, Lior? M.O. Yeah, I sprint the finish. No matter how tired you are, you sprint the finish. So I said to Sean, when it's time for me to sprint, let go of my hand. Let go of my hand. I forget coming around this corner. I actually haven't shared this with anyone, I don't think. But I saw these flags in the distance. And I thought, are they, are they flags for an airstrip? 
Because it was an asterisk. What was it? Just to finish? I didn't want to say it. It's like, yeah, I'm going to let go of your hands soon. Uh. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to let go of my hands soon. <laughs> and then I ran a little bit more. And then I never forget his just letting go of my hand. And I feel it to this day. And I just went, it, I didn't think I did sprint. It felt like I sprinted, but oh. I just charged to the end. I could see my kids, I could see my family. I knew the five days were over. I knew it one <laughs> that had been important because it'd been my focus. I knew that I had had this transcendental experience if I didn't know the words at the time. And I ran to the end, knowing that he was still there, you know. And I just sort of threw myself over into my kids' arms and it was the best hug of my life. Mm. I mean, they think it was the worst because I smelled so bad. <laughs> Feral, I think, is the word you used. But just that embrace of, it's over. Mm. But this euphoria that came in the same moment of... Wow. Gratitude of, yeah. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. And <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Yeah. And the scallywags. And the scallywags. <laughs> Bob and Mary, Wig and Waggle, don't even start with And all the people that have been part of the journey. You know, I was just a vessel. But the amazing friend who'd been there the whole way, who'd helped me end the sleep repairing, all the people that had supported me before the race with fundraising and sponsorship and physios and healthy drinks and all these things. And then seeing my parents, it was like a circle, the completion of a circle. Mm. And I felt so strong. I had no muscle pain, nothing. I had an insane knee and insane toenails, but I felt strong. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was probably my most depleted ever wow. after childbirth. That was probably my most depleted, you know. Um, but there was something in that moment that I would like to just have boxed up and kept forever of deep gratitude, deep gratitude and um, a profoundness that I couldn't articulate at the time, but I knew over time would unfold. Um, and that was pretty much the end. And then Sean and I were sort of ripped from each other. <laughs> and... Um, and I was in a new, another world suddenly. Mm -hmm. I had moved into another world. Um, and I think that uh, I tapped into that night, probably the worst pain ever was that night. Physical pain. Yeah, because everything had stopped. The race had ended. Um, the realization it had kind of um, hit me that it's over. Because you're kind of in mode. When you've got five days, you're just in a mode. You're just in, keep going, keep going, keep going. You know, just stay alive. Like you would be in a war, I guess. Just mm -hmm. in adrenaline. You're just in survival mode. And suddenly I, I wasn't. And I was lying in bed. I couldn't sleep a wink. I was in absolute agony. Couldn't get comfortable with my feet. They were up facing the sky and my knee was here and my kids were sleeping next to me. <laughs> and the feet felt like they were becoming like elephantitis you know it might be like Whoa. oh god what's going on down there <laughs> and the knee was yeah. the knee was expanding and relax 
<laughs> so I had to figure out how am I going to release this fluid in my feet because it's like, <laughs> but how am I going to get out of bed? I can't get out of bed. My knee. So I was like, okay, you're just going to have to throw yourself on the floor. <laughs> three in the morning. One, two, three. Onto the floor. Bump. <laughs> And crawl to the bathroom and then, oh, you know, the story you can imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's that part that people don't realize probably is the aftermath. <laughs> yeah. And um, being, again, working with every part of your existence, your mind, body, spirit, you've got to look at it all. Because hmm. it's system. Mm-hmm. And so allow the emotions to calm. Allow... The body to surrender to real depths, um, but knowing that it's 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 the body, it'll heal. Mm-hmm. There's nothing compared to what other people are going through. It's nothing. Mm-hmm. Lost a few toenails. You've got a bad knee. You'll be fine. But uh, but you had uh, you had a really good and considered approach to your to the healing afterwards as well, didn't you? Because we yeah. we saw you on my birthday, I think, didn't we? Yeah, we did. I did. Um, I, I, I we, Mike and I. Yeah. <laughs> you and Mike. The gang. You, you, Mike and Scallywag saw Jules and I on my birthday. The pack. Now that, that was November the twelfth. So when had you been? You come, you hadn't been back October. that long. I got back October. So mm-hmm. so you were you were doing rehab with Al and some other people. With Alistair and Alex and yeah. We've had Alistair on the show. Amazing. Mm-hmm. He's One been incredible. Beautiful man. He's been incredible. He's been a real source of um, belief in me and um, committed to to helping me. I mean, he was like, you're going to have no problems when you're racing. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, just helping me. Basically, nothing really physical. He was just guiding me with um, the strength training that I have to do, the rehab in the gym. And so the training becomes different. So mm. it's gym time. Now a gym bunny. Mm. <laughs> Go with it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this, this, this is my new persona for the time being. Um, but he's been, I mean, along with others, he's been incredible to, to guide me back to being in, in, in strength. And I'm now running 12Ks. Yes. No pain. And toenails. And, and you got toenails. <laughs> yep, I got Ooh. toenails. Um, thanks to the frankincense oil that I dropped every day. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's so many people that I could thank and I think they all know who they are, mm-hmm. but it's, as like I say before, you know, to do anything like this, I mean, I think of anything in life, isn't it? We, we need community. Yeah. Mm. Um, we can do it on our own, but together you're stronger. It's a cliche, but it's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. It's the belief they have in you. I mean, just the fact that someone says, why well, are you doing that? Like, yeah. But it, it confirms again, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this. And I know that that's important for them too. Because when you're being true to yourself, you, and when I see somebody else being true to themselves, it inspires you. It's like, okay, they're, they're being true to who they are. And yeah. that, that helps us all. Because if we're true to ourselves, we give back. Yeah. We can be the best version of ourselves. You know, as much as it can be. And is that something you've always felt, or is it really, really been amplified by getting through the ultra marathon? I think it's always been part of me. If I'm really truthful, I think it's been intuitive part of me. I haven't perhaps been able to label it um, like I do now, but I, I feel now that that I am on a mission. And that even if it doesn't always make sense in, in some ways, you know, it's 
I, I, I feel this is, this is a calling and I'm not because oh, you've done it now I'm like, done it yeah, I've done it yeah I've done that one and I don't know how many more there will be but it's this is opening up a part of myself that I feel that I I had put I had to, I had to put away but it's probably a big part of who I am a big part of my expansion will come out of accepting that Mm. And it may not be running ultras, but I, I would hope to be able to use that again as a foundation of the wisdom um, for my life and, and for others. And I would like to talk about it. I would like to share. And before I wasn't so much, I was like, oh, I'm just going to go for a run. I'm just going to go and do the ultra and I'm just going to give a swim 20Ks or 15Ks. Or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but now I feel like, no, actually, was a part of you owning this is to be bold mm. to talk about it. <laughs> and um, I'm super humble with what I've been through. And I, people don't realize maybe the, the, the commitment it takes to follow your path, whatever path that is. You know, it takes work. You're in flow, but it takes work. You've still got to focus. You've still got to uh, train. You've still got to juggle. Everyone has to do that in whatever life they have. Um, whether you're running a corporate business or you're an ultra athlete or you're a musician, there's a lot of things you have to, to juggle, compromise, sacrifice, you know, because we're living life. Mm. Um, but it'll be far more, you'll feel the sense of joy and, and happiness and, and presence because you're in flow. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I was just thinking while you were talking about how we talk about connection a lot. <clears throat> and I wrote in my book. I talk about being con- us all being connected to to one another and everything all the time in the book. And one of the readers got in touch with me to say, "I really think we're we're all connected." Because somebody was obviously they weren't challenging me. It was just, a, and I said, "Yeah, yeah." And obviously we had a, a lengthy conversation about it. But actually, the story you've just told us then feels to me like one of the most complete stories of connection I can possibly imagine. Because if you think about it on a macro level, there is your connection to uh, the people organising the race, the people looking after you in the rehab afterwards, and even your family to to that extent. And Sean, but then on a micro level. There was the connection to Mike and to Scallywags and to uh, uh, Bob and Mary. You know, that, that incredible, profound connection that you had with your body. And I, and I, I think that's uh, it's one of the most incredible conversations I've ever had about connection. In, and, and of course, the nature. You were connected to the land on which you ran. I was really talking to Africa. I was really, mm. oh, I was having the most amazing talks with. I asked mm. her, I asked her. Mama, the day before, please can you for permission safe and yeah. find me and support me and I'm here. To, I'm, I'm raising money for your animals. I'm creating awareness and I do my best to look after you. You can just help me on this path as well. And I got a clear yes. Saw two lions having sex. Yeah. <laughs> <Now> later. <laughs> Confirmation. Consider this. Consider this an approval. Permitted. <laughs> Green light from Pachamama and uh, and, the, and the Lion King and Mrs. Lion King. Really? Was like, okay, got this. And I'm a, I'm a Leo, so I'm like, okay. okay. This, that's a, that's a, that's a sign-off, <laughs> isn't it? Um, but yeah, and I think another, another thing I'd like to add to that in connection was I don't run with people, generally. I don't want to run with people because I want to be in my own space and I, I need that space to come back to myself. So movement, especially dance, and you both know me as a dancer, dance and ultra sports, should you say, swimming or running, 
is my way to tap into myself and to my true self and to get clarity and perspective. I get out of the dramas in my head, the stories in my head. It's a really powerful tool for me um, because I get in touch with them, those emotions. Um, and so normally I wouldn't run with someone because I feel that would be a distraction, you know, and suddenly I was in a space where I was connecting with someone and I really wanted and I needed him. Mm. I really wanted him there and I felt safe and I felt seen and I felt like he needed me. So it was this beautiful feeling of, yes, we need each other. You're not alone yeah. and you aren't alone and you don't need words. You can just sit beside someone, hold their hand and this, whoa, this feeling of oneness. Like I said, that's what I experienced, this oneness of I'm, I am the tumbleweed. I am the air that I breathe, you know. The fire in my belly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this person next to me, this beautiful soul, that is what it was. It was like, yeah, he's a beautiful man, but he was the soul, you mm. know. Did Sean come second, and, uh, by the way? I forgot to ask. He became, well, he was obviously with the men. I don't, I'm not sure what we, I was first female. I think I was yeah. seventh or sixth ever, or mm -hmm. so then he would have been seventh. Um, and then he told me, by the way, we ran the fastest we ever ran those three days. Nice. <laughs> and you're still, you're still, still in touch now? We're very much in contact. Yeah. Aww. He actually said to me in the last message that he'd lost himself over a period of 10 years and that the race reminded him who he was. That's beautiful. Mm. And where's he from? Very Is he grateful for that. Where's he from? He's English. Mm -hmm. Yeah, over in England. Um, he's, he's actually Ghana origin, I believe. Ah, okay. But he's English. Um, yeah, we have contact because afterwards it was a way to uh, unpack, as I say, the, the race and the experience of the race. And I felt like I needed to reach out to him and say to him, what, what happened there? Mm. And we had this beautiful, we didn't speak, we were just messaging each other and voice messaging to understand. I needed to understand what he went through to understand what I went through. And and then he, that's when he explained to me his, that he was autistic and his struggles. Um, and what this had done for him. And it was also helping me to heal for all this pain that I experienced mm. and all the work to lead up to it. And it's so much work and all the rehab that was to come. It gave me a lot of strength to know that, okay, there was such a bigger picture here that I only just tapped into. And I'm sure there's more, but I've just tapped into this. And I felt uh, it helped. Yeah, it helped my healing at that time a lot. When I was feeling quite discombobulated afterwards, mm -hmm. to bring that, integrate that experience after you process it, even. Um, and uh, he helped a lot in that time. And even now, when I go on the treadmill, I sometimes get a slight feeling of, oof, is it going to be okay? And so I messaged him and said, I'm about to set off on a 12K run. Will you join me? <laughs> in spirit. So then, so then he'll text me, he'll send me a picture of something in the race, or he'll say, we've got this. <laughs> get to the tree. And so I just start laughing, and it's giving me strength, you know? And, and then I'll say at the end, did it. 12K's in. I imagine as well, it's so important to connect with someone who's experienced it with you, because as much as you're loved ones and we want to be there for you and understand we can't we didn't experience it so it must be really special to have have that yeah he saw me pretty raw and gross <laughs> yeah probably the, the highest and lowest you've been smell your best yeah i felt like i was 
I can smell anything. I smell like roses. Very rosy today. Yeah, but you're right. It was really amazing to be able to share that again and talk about it. I think, again, it was part of the processing. So I think that's also a message for, for our listeners is that, you know, when you go through something, you do need to talk through it. Mm. You need to, to dwell in it and... Whew, but just to talk through it because you get so much clarity yep. when you share and when you feel safe to share. Yeah. And when someone holds a space for you, it's it's really powerful. Mm-hmm. And then you come up with your realizations or you come up with a different perspective and and you feel really held. And it's really I think important when you're in a healing on on our healing journey. To remind ourselves that it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to be raw. It's okay to stink. <laughs> and it's, it's also okay to say, I can't do this on my own. That I think that's the that's thing that a lot of people I talk to through the podcast and the book, people contact me all the time. And uh, I think a lot of people feel as though they have to hold their, their, their troubles all on their own. And some of these people have, have, have experienced serious abuse or are experiencing abuse, yeah. um, or they're al- they're alcoholics, they're abusing themselves, and and it's it's uh, it's something we must. I don't know how we do it. Perhaps it's just having conversations like this as, as much as possible. But we must 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 encourage people to just find someone to, to seek care from whom yeah. you can seek care. And that that old adage. A problem shared is a problem halved yeah. is a literal truth mm-hmm. from my experience. I think it gets you out of that loop, doesn't it? Because if you're just That's recycling it to yourself, yeah. there's no outlet, but you've got to share it. And then people then can help you reflect back on yourself. And yeah. then also, you, and then you fall back into authenticity, just being really authentic mm-hmm. with where you're at. Yeah. And then I believe the universe is supporting you because you're just being true. I'm experiencing this and it's no good or bad or shame and guilt all these things the emotions that we attach to these stories it's just this is what you're experiencing and when you can share it it just takes some of the load off I think you know like when me and my pack <laughs> um, yeah it takes some of the load off literally it just takes some of the load off and you can probably do it alone but you don't have to do it alone yeah. no you know, I would have crawled to the finish it's not that it's going to stop me but by having him there it, I can add humour into it as well you know That's yeah <laughs> it adds a lightness and that's also super important like in those moments of despair and and the depths of oh dark night of the soul you can add lightness in there Mm -hmm. you don't have to stay down there Mm. you don't have to you're going to be there for a bit feel it and then oh yes there's the sun there is the sun yeah and come back up again and know that whatever you're experiencing is, is, is just an experience um, and it will be your wisdom it will be your wisdom and if you choose it to be and it will also end and it will end so like I mean it's a completely different level because it's you know but even when I'm working with students we're doing like a really difficult career and like it's going to come to an end mm. you're going to get through to the other side of it and then you'll see why you did it like yeah. you'll look back and be like oh okay I got so much from that but just it's not going to go on forever yeah it's true and you mm. won't always know what it is you've got out of it at first but it'll just be a matter of just again allowing and being in it and mm-hmm. I think that was why this has taken the time it's needed to take to, oop, to meet um, because I've had to process it and yeah. see where this is going what, it, what was this about and um, how now I can see it as uh, a way for me to step up even more into who I am and not, and not be not feel like this just give a run but yeah, yeah. 
own it. Nice. Own and it, you know. So sticking with uh, sticking with flow then, but moving from uh, from ultra marathons for a moment, you uh, you're also a shamanic dance facilitator. How does that philo- How does your or how does that interweave with your philosophy of finding one's flow? Mm. It's like my inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I, for me, dance is such a powerful way to move into self because you just drop into a natural state of movement. And for me, I work with the elements, so I then focus a lot on all those elements and invite those elements and embrace those elements and encourage people to do the same. So you feel the sense of oneness with your being, oneness with what's around you, connection, connection, and move away from how do I look and how am I moving and move away from the ego mind and drop into what is, and this is what is. It's your body, it's designed to move. We're not designed to sit still, we're designed to move. We're designed to be fluid. We're designed to feel. Um, and that to me is, is helps us drop into flow, is when we just drop into what you have. And music is the most powerful way to get you to move. Mm. You know, and finding something in the music that resonates. It may not be the song itself, but there's something in it that will allow you to move into some kind of um, uh, some kind of movement. Mm. Uh, so for me, that's it's uh, the quickest way to a flow state is to put on some music, chuck on your headset. I encourage everyone to do the same. Put on your headset, pump up the tunes, whatever it is, and just move. But close your eyes, come into your breath, connect with all your elements inside yourself, and just move. And I think you'll find that, I find for sure, that within just a very short moment, I'm moving and I feel flow. Mm. not stagnant whatever emotions might be there they're moving around yeah whatever whatever is happening it's moving but yet because you're present with the music and you're present with your movement still so that does make any sense yeah 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 and and as a result you're able to shift emotions and shifting immediately shift blocked energy one of the quickest ways to move your emotions is one through movement the dance Mm. because you've got the music and when people say oh, I can't dance, I'm like, oh, don't even start that. Everyone can dance. Just, just, just a, to move. It's just a question yeah. of how well. You know. <laughs> or we're just, we're just or how move. badly. If you're really awkward, if you're on your own, it doesn't you matter. can dance. I actually found myself dancing on my Yay. own recently. <laughs> I don't dance. I, I used to dance a lot when, but there was obviously a lot of alcohol and drugs involved and uh, ecstasy was ecstasy would always get me dancing but um, but anyway that's drug addiction and I'm not saying that that's what we should all be doing so yes, dance. drugs um, but yeah I actually found myself dancing the other day and how did it feel well you know yeah it was good yeah just little I mean I'm a I am a terrible dancer but it's, it's not about being good or bad at that, dancing it's, it's like when people say to me I'm that. not good at yoga or I'm not flexible it's, like, it's, it's not about that no, it's about it didn't matter because it was just me. Yeah, so uh, that's the thing. You know. One song a day is all you need. Go in the kitchen, just... pump up the tunes. Yeah. And yeah. It doesn't matter what the music is. And if you've got a headset on, no one has to know about yeah. it. It's amazing. It can be, yeah, it can be. But just allowing the body to naturally move. It's, forget even the word mm. dance. Let's take the word dance out of it. Movement. 
just move your body yeah. and shift it and have fun with it. Like, oh, good, wiggle your ass. <laughs> What's that lyric? Move your body to the rhythm of love. Oh, I don't know. It was a dance track. But even like just dancing while you're cooking. 90s. Like, just, I love it. And it just lifts you. It does. It doesn't matter what's happened, how bad things are feeling. It, that one lift from a bit, a bit of movement. Totally helps. Yeah, and if you want to get really angry, you need, you need to get the anger out. Just get yeah. some yeah. rock on. You know, just yeah. start headbanging, whatever it is. <laughs> you're moving. Whack a pillow. You know, it's great. It's just moving moving the energy around your body. Yeah. And that helps you get into a flow, mm-hmm. a flow state. And I think the other part of that is important is that when you accept what you're feeling, oh, I'm feeling angry or okay, I'm feeling... Uh, I'm feeling emotional whatever it is you're feeling just by acknowledging that you're allowing it to move yeah and then you can find that flow state yeah yeah that's a really that's a key piece of I I just wrote an article about uh, taming the monkey the monkey uh, mind. The monkey mind, <laughs> uh, the ego, how to how to tame monkey. And, and actually, the f- I did a little five-point list, and the first point was notice. Yeah. Actually become the observer. Yeah. Witness what's happening. Don't judge. Just notice, yeah. I am angry. Yeah. I'm sad. I've, I feel neglected. I feel uh, disrespected. Whatever it is, whatever these things are. But the first thing we have to be able to do is notice it because then we switch out of autopilot. Yeah. And I think that's a crucial thing that a lot of people... A lot of people who are new to mindfulness practices will challenge me when I say things like this because they're not, and it's perfectly understandable because they haven't actually got the skills yet yeah. to, to do this. And, and that's also fine. We shouldn't judge. No. You know, they shouldn't judge themselves for that. But actually, it's a, I think it's a, it's a superpower. And, it's, and, it, and it, I didn't realize that it took me, so, it took me 40 odd years to suddenly learn how to switch off the autopilot. So I kind of like to use the word sort of mastering the mind, but it is yeah. in an ultra, you have to do that, really, if you want to get to the end of it. You mm-hmm. have to get to a place where you are aware of the monkey mind, you know, aware of those thoughts, but just allowing them to, to just to pass and not attach stories to what is coming up, because that's the classic, isn't it? Uh, and I do it, I've done it, uh, looping, looping, you know, but no. This is what I'm feeling in ultra. You're fully present on what's going on because you're in so much goddamn pain <laughs> that the monkey mind doesn't allow you. But it would. It would say, mm, you're hurting, you need to stop. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Da, 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 da. And all these little voices go. And you're like, no, shut up. Shush monkey. Mm-hmm. I'm on my mission. You know, and it's finding strategies and tools that help you stay on your mission. It's mm. not just as easy as saying, oh, be quiet. You've got to find things to anchor. You've got to find, like for me, it was, Sean was one. You know, imagining I was the elements was one. Visualizing hugging my kids at the end of the race, looking at that tree they've got to get to. Forget tomorrow, I've just got to get to that tree. Yeah. Um, all those different things. How does Mike look? You know, just finding something to not necessarily just distract, it is a distraction, but also a way to focus because the mind wants something to focus on. And so in shamanic dance, the focus is on the breath. Mm. So focusing on your breathing. We're not focusing on what the legs are doing, one leg's there, one leg's there. We're focusing on your breath. So you come back into center and you come back into being really present. And the monkey mind has something to focus on. So it applies perfectly to your philosophy of, uh, of finding one's flow. It's totally true. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> I like what you did there. <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> It's because you guys are so amazing. Oh, oh thanks. You are, you are amazing. You're both amazing. I love you guys. I'm, I'm still stuck a little bit on the, the confession there that you did some dancing. I it's did some dancing. Me, that's oh. made me really happy. 
voice. I don't, I don't yeah. know what the dance looked like. Probably a bit like this, <laughs> like a dad dance. But it uh, doesn't matter. Hey, dog. doesn't matter. I really look when I dance. I'm not sure what's better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had no idea what I looked like. But who cares? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter, yeah, does it? Like, like, who cares? Jellyfish. I, I need to see you dancing now. Great. That's a real compliment. Thanks, jellyfish. <laughs> it's so far removed though isn't it from that kind of like back in the day in a bar little bit of a shuffle like try and get someone's attention it's like nothing you know it's like let that go and just feel it I actually dance before I race Mm. I always dance before I race and at the end of a race this time was a bit weird because I had no toenails and it got to me so I must have looked really awkward (laughs) like like a drunk person (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nice. We usually, before we do the podcast, we usually do a, a few breaths, don't we? Yeah, we didn't do it today, did we? We were no. too excited. Well, yeah, we, we were. Do you know, so actually, Jules was pointing out, because I've been, I've been off centre a lot lately. I've, I've really been losing my centre the last few weeks, and it's all to do with the book and, you know, wanting it to be a success and not selling enough on Amazon. And it not, is a success. Well, it, thank, thank you. Thank you. It is, and it, it is. is, and it is, actually, because I said if it helps one person, it was worth writing, yeah. and it already has has done that and those people more than one people of uh, person has got in touch with me but um, yeah so I, I've lost my I've lost my center and, and it's important to have these conversations I think because obviously I've just written a book that that may well portray me to be some sort of a guru but I'm not I'm a man on the mend I'm a human having a human experience who's who's fully accepted uh, that he's having a human experience and the, the only difference is that I now have uh, well, I actually now have the support uh, that I need uh, to remind me when I'm uh, when I'm going off center, and that you can't if you can't see this right now. I'm just stroking Jules on the back because she's been an incredible supporter. It's all of above board, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I need to watch. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, now everyone's watching. Everyone's like, "Whoa, hey, we need to start watching that podcast." Um, Very um, good podcast. <laughs> It's a very saucy one. He's at the top of the list. They're not wearing any pants. Under that table. Where the hell was I? Oh yeah, but um, but also it's just about having those skills that you know that you're talking about here. That it's, you know we we can all lose our our yeah. sense of centre. That's normal. Yeah. At the, and 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 I really want to highlight this to anybody watching and listening. You know, I I had a cry this week. I had a I had a bit of a breakdown and a cry this week. Um, and actually Jules facilitated that and helped me move some energy and I felt incredibly better afterwards so the point is we're all going to have these experiences we just need to have to the right people supporting us and the right tools in the toolbox to be able to access whenever we lose our, our point of centre yeah, actually you know what? I had a funk too did you? this week, this week? A, yeah before you get along with you and I came up with four, four, the four, the four Fs. I think it's five Fs actually. But share, I've share. had them for a while, but I, they came back to me. And because um, I hit a funk, so when you hit funk, and then you feel it. You've got to feel it, not push away the emotions and just feel it. Okay, I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling this, whatever. Like you said, no story, just feel it. <sighs> feel it. <laughs> and then when you feel it, you find flow. Yeah. And when you find flow, you say, suck it. Yeah. <laughs> I love oh, that. Nice. So that's three, two S, three that's S. Four. Four oh, yeah, because it was funk as well. Right, nice. Yeah, so you just say at the end, it's like, yeah, 
because you feel like you've been through like a marathon I've done mm-hmm. an ultra you know yeah. with all the emotions and then but then you go into flow state find the flow state okay how can I move through this okay I'm going to dance or when I run I'm going to sit with with my beautiful woman whatever it is it helps you find the flow again mm. you know and then follow the flow. That was it. Follow the flow. Follow. So don't, because the ego might say, oh no, your path is this way. I'm like, no, no, we're going that way actually. The universe wants to go that way. But no, I want to go that way. So you've got to follow the flow. Yeah. Because yeah. that's resistance, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and I've been a classic one. Hold on to that, hold on to that part because that's what I, where I feel good. It's familiar. Mm. No, no, the universe wants you to expand, my friend. Mm. Into the growth zone. Growth zone. Get in da, there. Da, da, da. Out of the comfort zone. <laughs> But that's so follow so follow the flow yeah and then the end fuck it we just like the lightness fuck it mm. you know we're alive and people are suffering and they're really in really bad places and it's not that we can't feel those things but it's just to add that mm. element of you know I'm just gonna have a dance yeah I'm gonna put on my sexiest dress I'm gonna surprise my lady whatever it is yeah. just to add that playfulness I would mm-hmm. surprise my lady but put on my sexiest dress <laughs> <laughs> or her sexiest dress. I don't actually own any dresses. See, it's it's my mind right right now. <laughs> but you know, it's that fuck it, the lightness. Yeah. It's the That's lightness in it. Like, you know, don't hold on so tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and well, also go back point. to like, you know, we don't have to do it alone. So if you can't find that flow and you can't, then ask someone to facilitate yeah. it for you. 100%. Because anyone that loves you or cares about you will happily. Yeah. And or, it's just asking that question. Allow yourself to be vulnerable. Or a total stranger. Mm. I, I, I talk, I do talk to a lot of people these days who quite clearly don't have anyone and, and maybe they do but but, but I, I can I, safe maybe they, they don't exactly they don't feel as though they can trust anyone and I can understand that from, because I've, I had a, an upbringing that made me sort of feel like that I didn't want to share who I was and how I was um, but actually sometimes you talk to a total stranger you know these there are there's so many incredible people in this world right now acting as healers in so many different flavors from shamanic dance facilitators to physiotherapists to yogis to guided meditation people, counselors, coaches, therapists, psychotherapists, plant medicine guides, you know, you name it. I, I, I can't think of a, of, a, of a more profound time where we had so many people coming out and saying, I want to help. And I'm here. But you can like actually Sean. find your flavor. Sean. Like Sean. Sean. Right. You know, mm-hmm. he was there. Total stranger. Because I allowed myself to be insanely vulnerable, insanely raw, insanely feral. Yeah. But then the universe said, here. Have we, one of these. We, we're handing <laughs> yeah. you this amazing human for you. Have a Sean. You know? And 100%. Yeah. 100%. Because there was definitely a point in that time where I was feeling so many emotions around like the childhood thing of you're not going to run again and and then all my stories and and all that we've been through is up to this point um and it helps just get out of that get out of the story out of your own you know monkey mind Mm. and especially when someone else needs you too Mm. so it's like oh yeah he needs me he needs me i'm getting us to the tree you know (laughs) To the rock, to the tree. <laughs> you just reminded me of what movie is it? Uh, oh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, where where suddenly um, all the sheriff's men find the hidden forest camp and they go to the trees. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember who shouts that. Anyway, it was a bit like me, but I was a bit more. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's. I mean, I think that my my motto or what do you call it, mantra or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's for yeah. me. It's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Bring it on. Yeah. Incredible. 
it's just it's whatever you're doing it's, you haven't got to run an ultra that's just my insane but, mission, <laughs> but you know just just give it all you've got yeah and then you're not going to look over your shoulder and say oh just give it all you've got with what you have with the tools you have mm. at that time and don't spend much time going, oh, I wish I had done this because you didn't mm-hmm. and we are here and so just give it all you have now yeah with what you have and um, and say fuck it at the end of it yeah I think that's great advice mm-hmm. I think then you can't have any regrets can this, you? This, is my, this is my relief but it's just it's helping it's helped me through many many challenging times yeah but it's it's, it's sound advice that we should keep giving because people do often still focus on what they don't have yes yeah. you know so you, you know, I find I, I'll, I'll get people contacting me because I'm obviously posting lots of things and quotes from my book and, and quotes from Eastern philosophy that, that, that share some of these ideals. And often people will say, well, yeah, it's all easy for you to say, you know, what about this? It's not easy for me to say. And, and actually, five years ago, I wouldn't have said anything like this. I would have said what you're saying. Um, so we have to let go. The yeah. clinging to to clinging to our suffering is just going to cause more suffering. Yeah. Um, and I realise that's not an easy thing to fathom, but it is possible. And I think perhaps that's where the conversation has to begin. Mm. It's possible. Not it's possible. I can't do it. Yeah. It's possible. So how is it possible? How have other people done it? What modalities yeah. can I take on board? Because obviously, to think, not to even think it's impossible. No, it's like, exactly. It's like that day I looked out the window and I said, "I'm going to swim to Uluwatu." Where were you, by the way? You're swimming from where to Willow? From Bingen to Right, from Bingen, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so this is basically around... How do you explain that? It's around the the southwestern tip to the yeah yeah to the southern tip yeah of Bali yeah so yeah it's a long swim but I had no idea at that point it's a big wave I'm gonna I'm gonna just quite find the surface I'm like what's the swimmer doing here? <laughs> what the hell what the blazes <laughs> is, is she doing, she doing here <laughs> and she's getting back again but it was like they, I didn't allow myself to even think that's not possible so it's possible. Like anything is possible, and I, and I think it's it's tapping into that. Just don't go there in your mind of it's impossible. It's not impossible. I mean, that doctor said to me it was impossible to ever run again, and I could have started that race going it's impossible. Mm. But if as soon as you go there, you already forget it. Go home. Mm. Yeah. It's possible. Anything is possible, but we yeah. have to have the tools. We've got to set our intentions in the right way. Be really focused on why you're doing something. So watch that ego, you know, why am I doing this? What is my calling? Um, and again, when you're in flow, you don't even have, it's not often you have to even think so much about that. It's just, just stopping and, and taking a moment of getting really excited to do this. Okay, let's be really clear. But then knowing that you don't know, need to know how you're going to do it. You've made a decision, that's what you're going to do. Just start. And then everything will start unfolding and people will come to help you and, mm-hmm. you know, friends will come along and just miracles happen because you've already decided you're going to do it. Yeah. Maybe how you're going to do it doesn't have to come into the picture. No. It'll just happen by taking those steps. Lao Tzu said, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Yeah. It's a very appropriate quote. Isn't it? But also, also, sorry, what were you going to say? This actually really makes me want to jump ahead because I really want to know what's next because I'm so excited from everything you've been saying, like swim, the ultramarathon. I know there's more as well, but like, I'm just like, what is next? (laughs) Do I say it? Do I say it? Because then I maybe have to do it. Well, we can always Um, edit it out. (laughs) The feeling is um, what's coming up uh, is that I will do another event 
very similar to what I've just done, oh. but a bit harder. Well, how? 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 What? It's Running a, on glass? It'll be in the <laughs> desert, <laughs> right? Um, okay. In Namibia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's very hot, and I'm actually quite afraid of deserts. I, I don't like that openness. Um, so I know that'll be a challenge for me mentally. It's a longer race. It's up to 300 kilometers. <laughs> uh, it's a self-sufficient race again. And that's what I feel I'm being called to do again with the mission to raise money for um, kids' brain cancer. I've had several stories come through me in the last month, two months, around parents who've got kids or have had kids with brain cancer. And I can't even begin to imagine the, the pain that those mothers and fathers have to, to navigate. And I feel almost helpless. And I am a mother and I feel like they are, our kids are so precious to us. So it's a really big calling again to raise awareness around that and to raise funds to help those families. And by me running through a crazy desert in Africa. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm I'm out putting it out there. I'm out putting it out there. Amazing. But but in order for me to do it, I I do have to get real support and, and real sponsorships this time more than I did before. So how can we yeah. how can we help you bolster that message? Who do who do we need money from? How much do we need? How much do we I don't know how much we need, but I know that I I would like to reach out to brands that res, this message resonates with, you know, this mission that I have to um, compete these kind of challenges to raise awareness, to um, raise funds for charities like like these. Um, so it's brands and it's individuals who believe in me, who believe in my mission and who would want to be part of that mission, um, part of that story. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of reaching out and yeah. hoping that there's some listeners who would be keen to um, spread the word. I'm sure there will. I don't know exactly who our listeners are, but, but there I, will be someone. I know I'm we've sure. got some good ones. Yeah, I yeah. want to. I actually really would like to make a little documentary this time. I'd like to take a small film crew or just somebody who'd want to be part of it, um, for so many reasons, including just the incredible landscape that there is to mm. film and the the story that's there. Um, but also, again, the the side of the charity, but and also the runners, what we go through. Um, just the whole again the whole picture hmm. so I'd be keen to document it maybe that would be a really useful thing to, to have I might be able to help you on that yeah. score finding some cool film, film crew some cool filmmaker types <laughs> it just feels like a waste of opportunity if I don't in a way because there's so much that you can't uh, bring back and you can capture it through I would agree through mm. you know videography is that how yeah. Yeah, yeah especially some of the moments you told us about yeah. the previous one you'd think wow that had been an image or a it's, video it's true and, and I, I was planning to document that race myself with my phone, but you know what? I didn't want to put my phone on. No. I was like, Why am I putting my phone on? To, it just felt really alien. Mm-hmm. Well, I imagine that would stop you being so present as well. I, I, yeah. You know, yeah. Even I have to do this at the end of the, the day. I'm the, like, act of pre- the act of presenting, uh, there's a, obviously a style of documentary filmmaking. It doesn't require that. Or, yeah. or it requires it a lot less if you're doing video diaries, for example. But uh, yeah. So now my plan would be to, to really... I know that part of my mission here is to step up mm. and to be brave enough to share my story and to say that I need the help. And I, I can't do it without that support. I know that because it's simply part of my journey of stepping up. Um, so I hope to be able to do more, more, more talks, more um, sharing of 
the experience of reconnection or vulnerability or any way I feel I can help share my experience or my wisdom or my story um, and then yeah I'll gather some, some brands or some companies that'd be interested to to join me mm. it'd just be awesome and it just makes it that much more powerful and we can raise more funds more awareness just everything is just bigger yeah and I'm not going to go through all this work <laughs> <laughs> just to run in the desert <laughs> yeah run in the desert and raise a couple of grand you, you, know, you won't be raising well, you mean a lot of money you don't just do it for fun he's like <laughs> the thing is there isn't much fun in it I know. it's like it's, it's and people say why do you do it I'm like because it's a calling yeah it's all I can say it's my purpose it's my passion it's my calling hmm. and I I sometimes feel this feeling in my body of my body's not big enough you know like I feel like this little body because I feel so much fire in there and I know that it's I owe it to my being to to take it um, to a uh, I would say bigger place would that be the right way of describing it I don't know it's, it's hard to find the words to, to level up to level up mm-hmm. and if that means me doing another ultra and getting through the rehab that I'm navigating now um, and I have to mention my coach I haven't mentioned my coach my coach is a beautiful Italian lady in Italy um, who I've never met and we just speak on online and her name is Irene and I feel so so grateful for her because she has believed in me from the first moment that we connected we never met but she's like I'm with you I'm running with you I'm never alone unbelievable woman and I love her so much yeah, I've never shout met. out to Irene yeah. massive shout out to Irene for believing in me the whole time and the whole way and even when I'm not in much in correspondence sometimes because I go into a bit like a quiet stage she's still there Amazing. And I love her for it. I love her. And one day, hopefully, we'll meet her. <laughs> well, the universe is telling us to wrap up because the building site is getting louder next door. So I, We've done pretty well. It's, stayed, it's been okay. Yeah. Thanks to uh, thanks to you, by oh, the way, Rosanna. Thank you so much. Oh, how, can, how can anybody find you then on, on the internet? Um, my Instagram, Salt Gypsy Mama. Salt Gypsy Mama. Yeah, I would say that's a fairly unique Instagram handle, mm-hmm. um, and we'll uh, yeah we'll put all of our details in the show notes anyway, uh, along with a little description of who Rosanna is, uh, and if anybody is listening who wants to get involved with supporting her next crazy bout of <laughs> madness, <laughs> then do get in touch with us directly or, or, journey, or her. Guys. Sounds like it. Um, we should give uh, Chella a shout out. We should. Yeah. So we're at our favourite restaurant in Bingin, Chella which is uh, an incredible space and next door is a huge building site going on so thanks to you for coping and contending with all the noise amazing thanks yeah. so much mate really appreciate you taking the time Thank to speak to so us much. I feel Thank very inspired just from listening to you <laughs> yeah, I don't too. think I'm going to run an ultra but I'm like feeling pumped yeah I might go and go I, might, gym. I might run somewhere <laughs> you might take a little you know, jog around the block <laughs> I might jog and then dance yay dance for sure amazing yeah when I have an next dance event I'll let you know when oh, that do. is I'll do I'd love to waiting come. for that space to I'm not, for me I'm not in that place it's yet okay. but uh, when she comes to what, your dance do, I'll, I'll dance at oh, home why don't we do our own ecstatic dance at home I'm, still not, I'm not there Same either there. <laughs> <laughs> damn it 
Just get there. Just, just leave me to dance on my own for a little remember, while. We've got this. <laughs> the rock. The rock. All or nothing. The tree. The rock. <laughs> Baby steps, I think, is the Getting point us. of the rock and the tree analogy. Baby steps. <laughs> That's okay. I forgive you this time. Thank you, Rosanna. Really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. <laughs>